This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Tuesday, October 26th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in after what was another impressive and fun weekend of college football. We're going to discuss on this show one of those big recruiting weekends, and it happened to be at Notre Dame, USC, Fighting Irish, in South Bend. It's always a special environment, and it always draws the attention of recruits from across the country. We have recruiting analysts. Tom Loy on the line. Tom, you were there. You were obviously able to kind of make it into the stadium and check out the atmosphere. And I know recruits, when they go out there, uh, and something we missed last year during that pandemic and, and the recruiting dead period, but this is one of those special game day atmospheres that you you always maybe, if you're a recruiter or a parent or a coach or whatever, you, you might have on your bucket list. Yeah, this, uh, this was a fun one, that's for sure. And obviously, it's a little different. Didn't have this kind of atmosphere last year. I can imagine what the, the Clemson game would have been like with, you know, a you know, completely packed crowd. But for whatever it's worth, they uh, they did a great job this year. It was a lot of fun. I think Notre Dame even stepped it up a little bit. There was like a, at the at the start of the fourth quarter, I believe, there was the like the lights went out and everybody's camera lights you know, turned on on their phones and like they started this light show and the music was going, all the players got hyped. The fans went crazy. The recruits were going wild in the recruiting section. It's definitely worth a look. Like if you go to the Notre Dame football YouTube page, there's a video of it. It's definitely worth a look. Like it was, it was something that like they needed to do to kind of hang with the times. And, you know, they were up, I think like 21, three at the time. So it was, it was clearly like a great moment ahead of USC, their biggest rival and all this kind of stuff. So it was just fun, man. It was a Great environment, great atmosphere, nice win for the Fighting Irish. Um, and, and, you know, this was a little different than than even in years past, man. It was really a, really a nice change of the times and, and, and it left a great impression. Notre Dame right now recruiting at a, at a really, really good level. And as we charge towards that early signing period in mid-December, which is about two months away, it feels like these programs, the, the ones that are recruiting at just a different clip, they're just putting the finishing touches on classes, right? I, I know some elite recruits are still out there. Some recruits are still on the board. It, bachelor season might be on the way and, and don't tell Steve Wilfong because I know he's, 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 getting, he's getting ready to break out his cookware. But the, the thing about Notre Dame right now is that they are being really selective with some of the spots that they might have remaining at as we head in towards that signing period, what's left on the board? What what was it like for them to maybe put together a visitor list for this weekend? Yeah, this weekend, I mean, I think this weekend was clearly headlined by five-star safety, Xavier Nwankpa, 
Um, he's a guy that's down to Notre Dame, Ohio State in Iowa. This was his last trip to South Bend before making a decision. He'll be back at Ohio State one more time. And I think that's going to be it before he announces um, right around December 8th. And he was definitely the headliner this weekend. The staff was all over him. That's the guy that they were looking at. Um, so he's he's the guy that that they you know laid out the red carpet for. But beyond that, I mean, this was the first visit in uh, a couple of years before he was committed elsewhere. But for Walker Howard, um, so he camped at Notre Dame well before he ended up committing to LSU. And, you know, Notre Dame didn't necessarily offer. It was early in the process. Um, they were being very selective about their 22 quarterback, but kind of fast forwarding till now. I mean, he visits obviously with Ed Orgeron, not going to be back next year. Walker Howard is kind of doing his due diligence and he's, you know, Notre Dame's decided that they want to look for a second quarterback in the class to with Brendan Clark transferring due to some injury struggles in the past. And, and the fact that he's not going to he just wasn't going to see the field in the future uh, with Tyler Buckner kind of taking a stranglehold as the guy, you know, he'll be the guy after Jack Cohn. So Howard gets on campus. That's pretty big. I think Notre Dame did a really good job there. So he's going to be a guy if they if they if things don't work out there, or at least to expand that second quarterback board, I could see them getting Devin Brown from out on the West Coast. He's committed to USC, as you know. So we'll see if he, uh, um, you know, I think Notre Dame had some discussions with him last week. We'll see how things go there. But if he decided to take a visit to Notre Dame this weekend, that really wouldn't shock me too much. Uh, beyond that, they're still looking at a couple defensive linemen. They had Anthony Lucas and Hero Canoe on campus. Anu. Lucas is from Arizona, one of the best players in the country. I think they did a really good job with him. And then obviously Hero Canoes from California. You know, I don't necessarily think that Notre Dame is necessarily going to land either of those guys, but that's just, you know, that's just four guys right off the top of the bat, four top prospects from across the country that, that were on campus this weekend. So with limited numbers uh, on the top target board, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous that they were all in town this weekend and just kind of continuing down the line of the, the remaining guys, Emil Wagner top 100, top 150 guy from Ohio. So he's a four-star offensive tackle. He was on campus this weekend. He's one of two remaining offensive line targets that are on the board. The other was Billy Shrouth, the four-star All-American offensive lineman from Wisconsin. He was on campus as well. So, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. They had all of their top remaining 22 targets on campus this weekend. It just showed how big of a deal it was for Notre Dame to get all these guys in town. And obviously it worked out really well that there was a great environment, great atmosphere. They won the game. So whether these guys decide to pick Notre Dame or not, they did everything they could. They did all the right things. They pushed all the right buttons and they left it in the recruits' hands. So we'll see how, how things shake out. I do want to go back to that premier safety, Xavier Nwapka, and, and I got to see him in the offseason during the spring passing league circuit. He made it out to Arizona for a couple passing tournaments and uh, really impressive. And, and I think right now, when you think of that build safety, right? That long, lean guy that's going to be able to fill out. One name comes to mind, and that's Kyle Hamilton. Is that something that's being kind of driven home from Notre Dame side to that really top-rated safety that you know could, you know, I don't want to say will step in right away, but when you think of his measurables, when you think of his skill set, when you think of what he's able to do on the field and impact the defense, it's hard to maybe find a safety that is that looks as college ready as Xavier Wampka. No, that that is one hundred percent the pitch. Kyle Hamilton, who, you know, sadly we reported this morning that he's gonna miss the UNC game this this weekend with a knee injury. And there's some there's some chatter that he may not even be back for the rest of the year, could miss a few weeks. Brian Kelly's been a little a uh, little bit weird about that and, and how it's gonna play out with the rest of the season. So we'll have to see how how it goes. So that was this was really Nuanka's last opportunity to see 
Hamilton up close. And he, and he was able to do that for at least, uh, you know, a couple quarters. But that is exactly the pitch. They want him to come in and replace the future first rounder in Hamilton. In my opinion, uh, I don't see any way that if this kid is as good as we all think he is, I don't see any way Nuanco wouldn't choose Notre Dame and start as a true freshman, uh, just like Hamilton eventually did. So I think that he's the real deal. I think he's absolutely a stellar top level player that could play and most likely plays day one at, at any of his choices, you know, whether it's Notre Dame, Ohio State or Iowa, he's just that type of a player. So that's that's Notre Dame's pitch. Marcus Freeman, Chris O'Leary, they've been they've been doing that. They want you to come in, play right away, replace replace Kyle Hamilton and uh, and play right away. So it'll be interesting if that helps. I know that he wants to play early, but again, I mean, he he's so good that it's going to be hard for any team that he goes to to not play him play him early. So that's that's what I, the, the Irish laid it out for him this weekend. So we'll see if that helps. We're joined by Tom Loy. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Loy two four seven. He's the recruiting insider over at IrishIllustrated.com. And Tom, so Notre Dame right now number five nationally as we record this with twenty one commitments. You mentioned some defensive linemen, and I wanted to get into kind of their recruitments. West Coast guys. Notre Dame's been known to be able to rec- recruit the West Coast and and bring in players and and to add them to a list which included you know some premier prospects, but also some underclassmen from 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 the west coast when they're playing a usc is there maybe a little added subtleness there when when you kind of try to bring in a player or set up a visit or have them come out and and watch a team that maybe some of these some of these prospects might be more familiar with than than say if they played a a north carolina or virginia or 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 a school from the east oh without a doubt uh without a doubt especially when you're talking about the the kids from california i mean there's that's a no-brainer for those guys. They want, you know, I'm sure they could, they would have loved to have C.J. Williams on campus. Who I know, you know, USC still recruiting the four-star wide receiver extremely hard, and you know, they got they got him from the West Coast. They already have Jaden Mickey committed at cornerback. They got Junior Two Alamaca committed, who was one time a USC commit. A hero Canoe, Anthony Lucas, both those guys are targets for Notre Dame. They have the USC offer, so no question that they they want to do all they can to make that impression and and show that gap between them and USC, especially how it's gone over the last couple of years. I mean, Brian Kelly was asked that after the game and what's that mean for the program? And it just says that like, basically just kind of insinuated how dominant they've been and, and how the direction of is, is so bright. And, you know, this was considered to be like a, supposed to be potentially a down year. And there's a very realistic chance that they go 11 and one on the season. So the future of Notre Dame is really bright and, and you're facing your rival. And I mean, I don't know about you, but watching that game, yeah, there was a little bit of, drama towards the end where it became a seven point game, but I just never felt that there was a point Notre Dame was going to lose that game. They just looked dominant from start to finish. And honestly, like other than a couple of minor mistakes here and there, they could have put this thing over by halftime. So it was pretty fun to watch. Um, and I know the, the Notre Dame fans were very excited about it, but um, it's weird for me as a, as a California born and raised kind of guy, like to see USC struggling so much, but just in terms of like a guy that loves college football, loves these rivalries. I'm, I'm excited to see what USC does to, to bring in their head coach because when that program's on, when Notre Dame's on, th- that rivalry is, is is second to none. So it'll be fun to watch to see the, the direction of these two programs in the next couple of years. Yeah, and with, you know, obviously the alternating home venues, you know, you, you would expect USC with a new coach next year to be able to attract a lot of prospects uh, to the Coliseum, especially for a big matchup like Notre Dame. I know that's always one of those items on the bucket list for a lot of prospects uh, out West. Um, before we go, Tom, I mentioned earlier, number 20, 
21 right now, uh, or number 21 commitments right now, number five overall in, in the country in the composite team recruiting rankings for this 2022 class. Uh, but it wasn't just 22 prospects that were there. There was a, a number of underclassmen. And I think that always signifies legitimate interest in some of these prospects, right? If they're able to get out there early during the recruitments, really experience a, a game day atmosphere. It's not going to be an official visit. Obviously, those are delayed until your senior year. But when you're able to go out there, experience that aspect of it, when you get back to South Bend, when you get back on campus, you can focus on some of the minor intricacies, the meetings, uh, the academics, the the campus tour, all that other stuff that is complementary to your interest in a program. I think it gives a program a big boost, right? Heading into what could be a really big spring as you start to put some touches on on the 23 class and start to plant some seeds in the 24 class. Exactly. And that's that's really what it's about. At this point, they are putting finishing touches on a lot of the recruitments of the 23 class, everything, as you know, has been sped up and things are much quicker than, than you know, back in the day, talking about a class a full year ahead of time. I mean, you'd be talking about mailings and things like that and just trying to get these guys eventually to get to campus. But now we're talking about guys, these top Notre Dame targets that have been at campus multiple times. And um, there's a couple guys that I that visited this weekend that I expect Notre Dame to land in the near future, or at least in the next couple of months that have been to campus multiple times. And even ones that have, that are not even from down the road. I mean, there's so like, for example, we have, you know, five-star linebacker, Drake Bowen, who is from Maryville, Indiana. He's been to campus a bunch of times, obviously it's not too far away, but you know, I expect Notre Dame to land him over Auburn and Clemson. I think that's his, that's his final three. So I think the Irish did a great job. They had him on campus. He's considering you know, playing, he's going to play football and baseball at the next level. I mean, this was, this was the last weekend Notre Dame was really trying to lay out the red carpet. So mind mind you, we're in the 22 class, but they are, they know they're in the home stretch for a kid like that. And they're ready to get this one done. So he announces his decision in early November. And I expect Notre Dame to win that recruitment. And then another guy that, you know, well, Justin Rett, four-star cornerback at a Bishop Gorman in Vegas. This is a guy who's been in Notre Dame uh, before he's camped there. He impressed the staff on that last visit. He came back for a game day visit and he was blown away. So my crystal ball pick is on Notre Dame. I feel very good about that. I expect um, whenever he decides to come around and making a decision, I, I would expect that to be Notre Dame as well. Alabama, Georgia, a couple others are definitely in play. But again, we're talking about a full year ahead of when, you know, before these guys need to make a decision. But, you know, these guys are in the home stretch of the recruitment, which is pretty wild because that's, you know, <laughs> it's just so far from when they need to make a decision. But good for them. They want to make a decision. They want to start help building classes and things like that. So if if that's two guys that you can add to Notre Dame's already strong 23 class, you can get Bowen and, and Red in there. That's, uh, as you know, that'd be a pretty nice start to how things are going. Yeah, a ton of prospects already coming off the board in 23 as, as they start to get a feel for some of these coaches and, and the colleges and, and being able to meet with players, which obviously was was missing throughout the 2020 calendar year. Tom, one last one, some matchups remaining for Notre Dame, North Carolina, Navy, Virginia, Georgia Tech. They play uh, at Stanford to, to round out the season at the end of November. How would a big finish impact the Irish in recruiting? Do you feel like it could sway s- certain prospects as they try to maybe creep into the top three nationally? I think it would be, I think like if they fell off and lost to, you know, upset by North Carolina, lost on the road to Virginia, upset at Stanford, things like that. I think that that would hurt the class a lot more than they have the chance to really help build the 22 class. I think the 22 classes, you got your handful of guys that are remaining and that's it. But I think an 11 and one finish would be massive for the 23 class, Um, just because of the direction of the program, it shows that even in a quote down year after losing so much talent to the NFL, that if they can still pull off 
a playoff run or at least, uh, you know, finishing inside the top five, top 10 and finishing 11 and one. I think that would be massive for the future of the program. Um, it would show continued stability another year in a row uh, with 10 wins. I think it, it, I think that that would be massive for them. I really do. I think that that it would pay off in a big way with so many top guys across the country in the 23 class. Because if you slide over to irishillustrator.com, go to the football recruiting tab, click on targets, you will see a ton of top players from across the country that are looking at Notre Dame. And uh, it's very real that for the first time, and in, in, at least that I can remember in a long time, that they are very realistic at, at landing a top five class. So 23 in Notre Dame is going to be one to watch. Notre Dame, definitely one to watch nationally as we head towards the early signing period in mid-December. And no one does it better than Tom Loy over at irishillustrated.com. You can follow him on Twitter at TomLoy247. Tom, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Blair. Appreciate it as always, buddy. All right. That is Tom Loy. Like I said, the recruiting insider over at irishillustrated.com. If you like the show, please help us out. Give us those five stars, subscribe and leave a review and stay locked into 247sports.com for all the latest buzz and recruiting scoop on your favorite college football team. For Tom Loy and our producer, Lance Glenn, I am Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for listening to the 247 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.